Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Happy Friday, everyone. Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here once again with the rundown with Rob and Rich. Uh, we just started broadcasting live. Rob is deplaning as well. We got Robbie in the house once again. And we got Tom Gallucci, who let's go here, Tom. The fans uh, of the show it? are asking for an update on the putting green you talked about last week. Let's see it. So this is this is the full uh, shebang. It's about 20 by 25 feet. Um, obviously, big hole. My wife's imprint on the, uh, the Masters tournament flag. I thought an awesome touch to it. And, uh, you know, for some night putting and chipping as well. It doesn't show up very well in the daylight, but uh, a little neon cup holders and uh, some light-up balls that also don't show up very well in the daylight from uh, one of our receptions at Terrania from our, our longtime partners at DocuTag. Love it. Yeah. Hey, you, anybody that knows Tom's wife knows she's cool, and you got to have a cool wife to be able to pull pull that maneuver off the the, the massive – putting green in the backyard or you just you just start into it and uh then they have no other option but to get on board with you and and help supervise and make sure you don't do a half-assed job you gotta love the midwest robbie people uh, out in the you know the bay area aren't aren't building homemade putting greens in their backyards like that right no how's it roll on the stint meter tom (laughs) maybe he's gone Tom, they're asking well, for a stint meter reading. It uh, so that was the most expensive part about this. I had to do legit fake turf, and I had no intention of uh, doing real turf on here because or real grass because I don't have that much free time. But I will be happy to do my best David Kittle impression and uh, sync one in for you real quick. To uh... yeah, hmm. It's fun. Two-tiered. Cool. We'll, we'll have a lot of good times here. It'll be fun for the next strap plan. Good stuff. Good stuff. A lot of uh, funny comments in the chat already. And a uh, good reminder, as always, uh, strive for interactivity on the show. So any questions, comments, jokes, thoughts, uh, dump them in the chat, the Q&A, and we'll incorporate them into the show. Uh, as noted, Rob is just getting off a plane, I believe, in the Windy City, where TMC will be in about a month. Um, should be joining us from an airport terminal soon. And uh, in his stead, uh, been on the show the last few weeks, his son, Robbie. Robbie, good to see you, man. Good to see you. Thanks for having me back. And uh, I was asking your NFL allegiance. We haven't had that conversation yet. Uh, Raiders fan, NFL season right around the corner. I mean, as a Raiders fan, coming off a great year, you got Devontae Adams coming in to play with his buddy, Derek Carr from Fresno. Um, But you're in this division that the AFC West, my God, the Chargers, the Chiefs, Russell Wilson in Denver with a great defense and the Raiders. It, that's going to be a meat grinder this year. I'm still recovering from the revelation this week that Brady and Gronkowski should have been on the Raiders and brought them a championship ring. And Dana White had brokered that deal. But yeah, tough division. Uh I think Vegas has the over/under for Raiders wins at, at six and a half or seven and a half. So not not expecting much this year. But honestly, if they're in a different division, you got six games against those teams. You know, if they're in 
the NFC East, that over-under is probably nine wins, you know, uh, nine and a half because of how the schedule changes. So I looked at it, to, honestly, I, the, I think the biggest story to me going into this NFL season is the AFC is loaded. I would argue nine of the best 12 or 10 of the best 13 teams in the league are in the AFC. Of the teams in the NFC that are in that upper echelon, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, the Rams, all older rosters, older quarterbacks that the shift of power, I've never seen it this dramatic. Who knows how it'll play out, but going into the season, to me, that's a big story. And it could be that these teams just beat up on each other during the season, and maybe someone like the Buccaneers has an easier path through the playoffs and is uh, fresher come come Super Bowl time. You, that's, you great. that's a great point. We've seen, we've seen that happen before in the NFL, and uh, uh, as always, uh, a lot of anticipation for the start of the season coming up just in a couple weeks. I, I want to ask you, do you, how much should the Browns mortgage their future to get Jimmy G over in Cleveland? Zero, because Zero. I don't, I, I honestly, I like Jimmy G. I, I, I think he's a solid, but it just makes no sense because in 11 games, it's Deshaun Watson's team for the next, you know, hopefully decade, but um, so I don't, you know, and to me, Brissett, I kind of like Brissett. I, I don't know what you're getting that much of an upgrade. Brissett knows the offense he's been in. I mean, I think to me, it's just, you roll the dice. You hope Jacoby can, can get you at six and five, seven or four Browns have a great roster and, uh, see what happens, but, uh, we'll see. That's an okay. I think Seattle is dealing with the same thing where if you're going to have Geno Smith as your starter, you're kind of in my opinion punting on the season and and I would think the the Browns yeah you hope you can come back with a, a 500 or so record with uh Watson starting in week 12 but it's it's optimistic and you could end up with a, a mid mid round or mid-range draft pick and uh, kind of be in no man's land there well we traded them all for Deshaun so it don't matter where our draft pick is at least the next couple of years uh, but let's hope it's 32nd uh, uh for uh, for the Browns in the first round uh, next year uh so but uh, on to uh, more depressing news than the start of the NFL season. Uh, the mortgage industry been kind of a crazy year. It's, uh, you know, it, there's been no way to put a spit shine on it. It's been a tough year. Coming off a couple great years with uh, that, that precursor. But uh, our industry continues to be driven really right now by the interest rate climate. The interest rate climate continues to be driven by inflation. And we had the Fed, uh, Jerome Powell, Fed chairman today, came out and spoke in Jackson Hole, their annual summit of central bankers and economic minds. And, uh, you know, basically it was it was Jay Powell. It was the Tom Petty. I I won't back down inflation. It was like the fake tough guy. When I watch to tie it back to football, when I watch Jerome Powell speak, what keeps coming to my mind, which is horrible for Jerome Powell, is watching like Mike McCarthy try to like make key decisions late in the Cowboys game, you know, like that, that should I call a timeout or not 30 seconds left in the game or you know, what do you do here? And they pan over to McCarthy and he just looks terrified. That's the feeling I'm starting to get for Jerome Powell. I, I, you share my, uh, my, my, my skeptical view. I, th- I think he finds himself in a tough position because for a while they had said we're going to target this average inflation of 2%. And then he said inflation's transitory. And it seems like they've been forced to be reactive this entire time rather than proactive. And yeah, I get the sense that they're they're scrambling over there, uh, which there was a school of thought 
going into his speech today that that said, hey, maybe the Fed should take a minute and wait on more rate hikes to see how things play out because of the lag in the economy. But I think the the message from this is there's going to be more rate hikes coming, uh, price in 125 to 150 basis points over the remainder of the year. And uh, the Fed's going to raise and, and hold and then see what happens. It's just a very hawkish tone from Powell Day. I think people expected hawkish, um, but came out and it was almost really defiant, you know, uh, just uh, just really, you know, using tougher words than he normally uses to describe the Fed's commitment to uh, beating inflation. And it, predictably, I mean, stocks just got obliterated. <laughs> it was, it, they just got uh, demolished. Rob, uh, welcome. Is that uh, Midway or O'Hare? O'Hare, can you hear me okay? Well, we can hear you okay. So, I, you know, Rich, every every show it seems like you want to talk about airport parking lots and, and flight conditions, and I decided to try it out today. <clears throat> now that I'm off the plane, you know, we get on the plane. I, I'm sitting in steerage, of course, and uh, and the, and the woman to my right, three minutes into the flight you know, folds down the tray and, and collapses onto it and snores for the next four hours. The guy, uh, the guy at my 10 o'clock position, one row up, one row over, uh, he, he reclines. And I'm watching the expression of the person, you know, to my immediate left, who is, you know, detests the whole thing. And then the guy can't get the seat back up. Sorry, I'm not going to bore you too long with this story. But the, 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 <laughs> <laughs> the, the flight attendant, the, <laughs> the flight attendant comes by, and uh, and says, "Excuse me, sir, you need to put up your seat." And he, I guess he was from Scotland. He goes, "Ah, I cannot do it." And uh, so then she. Uh, she she raises his seat for him, of course, and he goes, ah, ah. I don't know, some Scottish burr. But anyway, yeah, flight flight was packed. Uh, this O'Hare Airport is packed. So I know you were you and Robbie were talking about the stock market, but maybe I should turn the video off in case people start to get sick, motion sickness. <clears throat> do you get a chance you know, to uh, do you get a chance to see or hear any of the the Jerome uh, Powell commentary this morning in your? travels no you know they uh american airlines and infinite wisdom uh jacked up the price of internet mm. so uh it was uh 25 dollars for a two two hour pass Jeez. which i thought was a little bit steep so i didn't uh i didn't do it uh wow. although i did i did watch a uh, good documentary on brian wilson but uh, since I'm since I'm blathering on, Rich, have you asked Robbie about his uh, his journey as a new homeowner and his uh, his fight with the mice? Well, I was just about to go there because I noticed the is that the new house, Robbie? It looks it looks like you're all moved in. No, this is not not the new house. This is a a friend's house. I don't know. If my house is fit for camera yet. Give it a couple <laughs> months. Maybe next week. So, what about the mice? What's the what's the mouse story? Robbie, Robbie tried to rent Myrtle, and I said no. That's that is a true story. I when I moved into the house, there was the previous owners had left a mouse trap that was full, and I'm I'm thinking, okay, 
good. Maybe they got the, the mice under control. And I went to the garage yesterday morning at 5, 5.30 in the morning and turned on the light. And there's a mouse looking at me kind of bleary eyed going, what are you doing in my garage, man? And I'm like, this is my garage. <laughs> it's the mouse's garage. Let me guess. Let me guess. You waived the inspection to get the house, Robbie. <laughs> no, no comment. Oh boy. Right. Appraisal, appraisal, what appraisal? <laughs> what a crazy year. We'll be talking about this year. Uh like we still talk about 0708 almost every show. Uh I, I feel like uh this could be one of those years we talk about for a while. But uh Anyway, um, moving onward. Uh, so anyway, Powell spoke more hawkish tone than expected. Tenure really didn't know what to do. It, it's kind of stayed flat. Stocks fell off a cliff. Uh, Powell clearly setting the tone for uh, a, a long fight ahead. Uh, people say this increases chances for recession if you believe in the odds and those things. And um but the mortgage market really didn't react too much, but rates are up, right? I mean, we're up mid to high fives right now on a 30-year fixed, Robbie. Yeah, and I, I want to go back to what you said right before my dad logged on, which is Powell was more hawkish than normal, but I would throw it back at you and say, what choice does he have? You know, you got to project a, a unified front here and say, we're committed to this. It's fine if the unemployment rate rises. We need to get inflation back down. What choice did he have? It's a good point. And I think in the, but Powell, you know, the other side of that would be he set a strong tone with the whole, like the defiant inflation is transitory thing, right? Back last fall, like even people were like, well, it doesn't really look transitory anymore. I was saying it was transitory for a while. And then it was like, okay, it's not transitory anymore. He, he held on to that boat. Now I feel like he needs to be kind of forceful the other way. It's different from other Fed chairs like my favorite was Bernanke I loved Bernanke I just to me he was a very smart guy the way he explained things was very soothing QE one and two both announced at Jackson Hall um two very successful Fed maneuvers and I think was it 10 and 13 Rob senior you remember the QE one and two dates you're on mute So you're spot on with those years, Rich. 10 and 13? Yeah. And if you remember at the time, everybody, people were screaming from the mountaintops that Bernanke was a lunatic, that this was going to be surefire inflation. You just wait two, three years from now. All Essentially, what's happening now, they were predicting back then. It didn't happen at all. And uh, Rob, you have a favorite uh, Fed chair of all time? Do I? Greenspan Favorite Fed chair of all time? Robbie said you look like Alan Greenspan. <laughs> That's horrible. My God, yeah. it's your dad. Who, who wanted him on the show? Uh, you know, Alan's still, Alan is still, you know, out there, right? Is he? Uh, is he still alive? The, the lifespan of a Fed chairman is... Uh, Greenspan looked like he was on the brink of death when he was still the Fed chair. He can't be alive still. No, pretty sure he is. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a note here. You know, who doesn't like free money? Uh, I think I think the general consensus, Rich, as you pointed out many, many times, is that uh, uh, the Fed was, was 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 been behind the eight ball to a great degree, and and now we're paying the price. 
sorry, I'll, I'll sit here for a minute, but the Federal Reserve, you know, it's, it's obviously a tough job, but, you know, to the extent that they have, have made it clear what their path is, and, and I have not read the Jackson Rob, we're losing your connection is breaking up a little bit. You may be in a bad part of the airport. All right, Rob is uh we might have to mute Rob for the the interim, Amy. He's uh he's breaking up. So Rates are kind of where they want to be, I think. I thought, uh, yeah, I'll, I will uh, mute myself. I tried to mute him. I don't know what's happening. Some funny comments in the chat about uh, Rap doing that on purpose because he got a tough question. So, uh, <laughs> all right, we lost. Robbie, favorite uh, Fed chairman uh, of all time. You're you're a little younger than me, so you've only experienced. Uh, let's see here, uh, just Powell, and uh, before Powell was Yellen, right? Yellen before Powell. Yeah, I I. Uh... Who doesn't like free money? You know, stimulate the economy, make my make my stock portfolio go up. Come on, Jerome, bring bring it back at the first sign of recession and dump some more stimulus into the economy and uh, get my tech stocks back to where they were six months ago. So, you know, he's he's leading the the charge in my book. He very popular. He was uh, in the Reddit Wall Street bets form for uh, 2020 and 21. As he uh, yeah was was printing money. And uh, people holding stocks were were going crazy. So I do, I do wonder what lessons the Fed has learned in terms of when things start to turn again. Do they say this deserves a you know kind of a, a laissez-faire, hands-off approach to this? Let economic cycles play out versus saying we need to be on a rescue mission again and and keep things like this because the housing market isn't like it was in two thousand eight. It's not good. You know, there's not going to be a systemic breakdown. Underwriting standards are better. We have Dodd Frank, CFPB. I don't think it needs Fed intervention to the levels that it's received over the last year or two. And I, I think the Fed understands that. But I just wonder what happens here when we tip into uh, worse economic times ahead. That's a great point. We have such a strong infrastructure in place in the residential finance system in America now that the things that happened in 07 and 08 couldn't really happen again, at least not to the the degree they did. Uh, and, you know, but things change, things evolve. And I do find myself wondering if Jerome Powell is in over his head. I, I feel like when I watch him speak, he's in over his head and, and things need to evolve and change. And the Federal Reserve, I would argue, has seen very, very little evolution as an organization, as an institution over the years. And uh, you just wonder the importance of it to the world, our country, our economy. No, but Rich, I, the I bark up the right tree here, Rob. No, you're not. Uh, no, you're not. You're not barking up any tree. I, I think that the the countries need a central bank like the Federal Reserve, and I think the Federal Reserve has served as a as a model central bank for many of the central banks around the world. Of course, the central bank, central banks are made up of humans and the central bank can't, can't, can't deny that there are business cycles. You know, as we've talked about on the show, at some point, 
there'll be a recession and everybody who's been predicting a recession will be right. At some, some point again, we'll see an expansion and everybody who's been predicting an expansion will be correct. So we're in a business cycle. The interesting thing that, that I have found over the last few weeks when I talk to originators and brokers and so forth and realtors, yeah, the, a lot of the attention is on the Federal Reserve, but the, uh, the markets are functioning. The, the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are still out there buying loans. Investors are still interested in mortgage-backed securities. Private label securities, not so much, but then, you know, when have they ever been really interested in private label securities? So we'll see what happens there. But although the attention is on the Federal Reserve, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're allowing the markets to function. Yeah, they were, you know, quantitative easing and so forth. I think they've held rates or they held rates too low for too long through buying assets. Uh, you know, th- things are, things are going to proceed. And the problem is, of course, the Federal Open Market Committee is made up of humans like you and me and Robbie and, you know, Amy and, and uh, you know, Tom and so forth and so on. And... You know, they, they make mistakes. They do the right thing sometimes. They make the mistakes sometimes. But I think in general, they're doing, you know, they've, they've added some stability to the marketplace through some pretty tough times. Maybe Jerome Powell is in over his head. The question, though, that I faced, as I was going to say, when I travel around visit with lenders and originators is, all right, well, that's fine what the Federal Reserve is going to do. But what am I going to do to increase my business? What What's... You know, the Federal Reserve doesn't set interest rates per se. They just they don't set mortgage rates. The question is, what is my company? You know, first of all, is my company going to be around by Thanksgiving? Uh, and second of all, what is my company doing to help me originate loans? And what kind of products can we offer borrowers? Because these lenders have these great manufacturing facilities and these vendors have these great products and these credit reporting agencies have these great products that they can offer to consumers. The question is how, how best to do that. And the Federal Reserve, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big question about doing the right thing or the wrong thing, but you know, when, when it's all said and done, it's how, how are we going to help the consumers and has the Federal Reserve done anything to hinder the markets from functioning properly? And I would say to some extent, yeah, but I think that's over with. I don't know. Robbie, Robbie, when you're, when you're interviewing people for your podcast, I mean, is, is the Federal Reserve a big topic? And what do you think is the general thinking about the, the FOMC out there now? It's kind of the elephant in the room, and the Fed has has tried to do a better job this year of telegraphing their moves ahead to reduce volatility in the market. However, with you know a three plus point run up in rates, and now this this indecision between fifty basis points or seventy five basis points at the next meeting, with CPI doing one thing and unemployment figures and payrolls doing another, it's it's brought volatility back into the market. So. I don't think the Fed has done a great job. However, they're, I, I don't know what they could have necessarily done differently after the initial decision to uh, dump all the money into the, the MBS market. They've, they've kind of backed themselves into a corner here. Yeah, so much of it is uh, the, 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 the originator and the broker and the account executive 
are so important in this whole equation. And I think that the Fed hasn't done anything certainly to dissuade people from owning a home. The question now, Rich, to your point is, are people afraid of buying a place because of the Federal Reserve's actions in the recent past and going forward? Is the, is the market overinflated? And I think maybe that's the discussion that loan officers and brokers are having with their clients who you know, may have been on the fence. And they're sitting there saying, well, gosh, if we go into a recession, you know, is our property value is going to drop? And boy, I see these headlines, these sensationalist headlines. Oh my gosh, you know, words like plummeting, cratering, you know, free fall. And I think we're not in any kind of free fall. Uh, property values are, are doing okay. Are we going to get 20% appreciation a year? No. What if we get 3% appreciation a year? Uh, that's not so bad. 5%, that's not so bad. Uh, there are still a lot of people out there who want to own homes. And when I talk to originators about the people being on the fence, I say, what are you, what are you talking to these borrowers about or these potential clients about? And the discussion inevitably comes back to rent. What are you paying for rent now? How much has your rent gone up in the last year or two? Rents, rents are on the moon. And so, yeah, rates have gone up. Uh, they went up through June. They've come down for the last couple of months. Now they've moved back up. But gee, potential client, what are your rents doing? And let's and let's sit down. You know, I am a I am a subject matter expert for in this in this. And let's sit down and figure out your rent. Figure out what your rent might do. And let's see if we have a program that we can put you in, whether it's a three one or a five one or a fifteen year or a HFA or whatever, to figure out how we can get you in a home. That's that's what I'm hearing from originators. Good good comment in the chat. There's nowhere to hide for a non-homeowner. It's a it's a that's a very good comment. You got to live somewhere, um, and you know yeah. It's in there's just another report this week. You know the along the lines of hey values keep going up despite the fact that you know uh, inventory rises and home sales are going down. It's like what we've been saying. People are going to buy the homes that are put out there in the marketplace right now because people have to live somewhere and people are, I just, I feel like people are spend more irrationally today than they did 10 or 20 or certainly 50 years ago. There's been a lot of people that have made commentary on this. Michael Burry, the guy that called the big short famous uh, for that, you know, made some uh, headlines a couple of weeks ago talking about just, what he sees as an incredibly dangerous pattern of what he called like irrational, reckless spending by the American consumer in the face of uh, inflation and credit, uh, citing credit card debt data and, and things like that. And, you know, bringing it into this student loan thing, and I don't want to get political about it, but, you know, people I've talked to about it this week, I said, like, it's bad. The way I look at it, it's bad for mortgage industry because it, it, is you're, you're, you're in a very high inflation market and you're relieving millions and millions and millions of people of this debt. What are they going to do? They're going to go out and spend money like irrationally <laughs> on baseball cards and shit they don't need and things that stoke inflation. And it is, I like, that's my fear about this, it, it, the student loan thing. Robbie, I apologize for Rich's language. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of buying baseball clubs, Rich, did you already talk about 
I, I think you have some have some recent baseball card purchases, right? Is that true? Oh my gosh! Look at look at these select look at the uh, display back there. It's the only card that Kobe and LeBron are pictured in together ever. That's a pretty cool card. So picked Kobe, up it, uh, Cleveland. Been uh, Manny Ramirez, Gem Mint Ten uh, rookie card, another uh, new edition. So and a uh, couple couple Mickey Mantles. They're they're beat up and old. Uh, 50 or 68. This is this is what you spend your money on instead of therapy, or, or what are we doing? Here? <laughs> this is I, I think I'm gonna, according to my girlfriend, need more therapy because of this sports card addiction I've developed. So hey uh, Rich, Rich, don't let don't let Robbie snow you under. He's he's over there, you know, wiping, you know, salivating over these you you flashing these cards. Listen, Robbie's got Robbie's got a stash. People in the Midwest don't go to therapy. We just we just <laughs> we bury it and harbor it and yeah. So. And have a have a uh, Mickey's big mouth. Uh, so, so getting back to to the, the the interest rates in general, Rich, you you're talking to TMC. Who's that? That's the Steph Curry rookie. Seven and a half. It came back at. Who's that? Jim Mint Ten. This card's worth like eleven. It just sold for eleven grand. Oh, That's Steph. Good. Yeah, Steph Curry. Yep. As a seven and a half, it's like nine hundred bucks. So. So, in terms of Rich, you talking to yeah, eyes up here, Rich up up on the mortgage show here. Uh, so you talk to TMC clients, lender clients, all week long, all month long, all the time. Do you have a sense of the mood changing at all? Are do people seem more optimistic? Is it look? We're in this environment. We've been through it before. We're going to roll up our sleeves, put our nose to the grindstone, and, and just do the best we can. Or are you getting in the sense that companies are uh, looking at some pretty drastic steps, like Mountain West Financial getting out of wholesale, uh, things like that? Yeah, and listen, Mountain West is a great company. It's probably a good, good, good move for them. But what I see right now is the answer to that question. It's more all over the board than I've ever seen it. What it is, is what we talked about last year, like how lenders spent the profits of the last two years, very, very telling as to their current mood and their current MO and, you know, how much on the offensive or defensive side of the ball they're in, you know, and I think the people that were, you know, more realistic about the business climate this year, as opposed to maybe a little too glass half full. So there are companies that are incredibly well positioned that are sitting on a lot of cash because they made a lot of money and their employees are happy and they're slowly growing and slowly growing market share. A lot of companies like that within TMC that love this kind of climate because they know in a the type of climate like this, good companies gain market share. And because you're gonna have a lot that are going to fall off, there's going to be acquisitions. And when you have an acquisition, it makes the, the, the bigger completed product crappier, at least for a while. So, um, and you got some lenders that are in, you know, panic mode because they, they are not in as strong of a capital position, their ownership and the cash and, and all that. And it's like a startup. You Eventually you, you run out of money and you can only lose money for so long if you're a small business. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. The, there are, there are those, and, and, and I'll tell you this, when I talk to the owners and CEOs, it's not It's not a bad thing if they are looking at quote strategic alternatives for their companies because it is, you know, it's it's we're in a business cycle, and 
as we've talked about, older owners who have have nurtured their, whether it's a vendor shop or a lender, to a certain point, do they want to go through this again? And or does it make more sense to sign a deal with a friendly competitor? And you know, you don't need two capital markets departments or two compliance departments and two QC departments. If you can if you can get along culturally and there's a fit there, why not you know, why not become more efficient? And and you're right. I think we come out of this the, the companies that do more more effective and more efficient. And I think that's the, the long term view that many are taking. It's like, all right, let's figure this out. And Stratmore just put out a great article yesterday talking about, you know, in this kind of environment, do you, do you try to expand, do you try to contract, or do you, do you get out of the business and so forth? And it really weighs all the alternatives and, and talks about the metrics that you should be looking at in making those decisions because it is a business decision. And uh, like I said, if you're an older owner and you don't have somebody to pass the baton to, or you, you're turning it into an ESOP is not really practical. You know, there are alternatives that are perfectly honorable and, and make a lot of financial sense. And vendors are doing the same thing. So, Tom, Rich, Rich, do you have any idea? I mean, Tom, you talked to Tom Fairmount, and Tom's in touch with all the TMC vendors throughout the week. What What is your, or what is, what is he saying about the, the vendor attitude or mentality that's out there? Yeah, I mean, he's probably on if he wants to just jump in. But again, I think there too, it just it depends on the company, right? It depends on much, uh, you know, much capital you have behind you and the momentum you have and what your product is, who your competition is. There, uh, you know, I think it's 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 so hard to answer that question broadly, just because there's some some vendors that are really well positioned, others that probably not as much. But uh, to be certain, a tough climate um it's uh you know yet it's the same climate that it was really before the pandemic i, I keep reminding people that we're gonna i know everybody's saying two trillion it's just not gonna be two trillion this year i'm gonna be a trillion seven and probably but that's we had like i must say like three of the four years before the pandemic were like a trillion six trillion seven weren't they yeah we're we're i mean yeah we're we're back to where we were some years ago and I think everybody agrees that the last couple of years, drinking from a fire hose, uh, weren't going to continue. But to your point, the mentality, what's, what's out there is what did companies do with the money that they were making? Just like, just like families, just like families of originators or people who are doing well in the industry, what did they do with the money that they were earning in the last few years? Did they go out and buy you know, Steph Curry mint uh, basketball cards or fancy cars or whatever, or did they, did they squirrel it away for a rainy day? And I think that that differentiation is very, very important this year and next year too. This is the rundown with Robin Rich. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative, joined as always by Rob Crisman and uh, his son, Robbie Crisman and Rob, uh, it was leaked by me, but it was leaked. You're, you're, <laughs> you're missing the next three shows. I gave it to Housing Wire. They scooped your own story that you're you're going to be missing the next three rundowns. So, uh, what? Uh, any 
There's been a lot of rumors and speculation, your absence. People thought maybe you and Barry Habib were doing a speaking tour. <laughs> well, I, I uh, Rich, since you brought it up, wasn't going to go there. Uh, Barry and I did uh, uh, share a venue last week with the Florida Association of Mortgage Professionals. And I, I got to hand it to Barry. He had, uh, uh, he had two people. Uh, uh, giving him an introduction. And after that, he had about a uh, six or eight minute video on, um, on himself. Uh, and so there's no way I can top that. So I'm, I'm hoping to learn from the master himself, but uh, no, I'll, I'll be away for a little bit and, and no, there's no, there's no uh, speaking involved. We tried to have him lead a breakout session at a TMC conference some years ago, and, and he basically said, I, this is the most insulting thing ever. He called himself the Michael Jordan of keynote speakers. Uh, we're like, you know what? I wish we're going to move on from uh, I'm gonna the Barry Habib uh, bandwagon. So, <laughs> you know, but but he uh, he serves a role. What's uh, that? What role? <laughs> well, I, Rich, I'm trying to put a positive spin uh, on okay. this. <laughs> so how about this weather? <laughs> anyway. any, any truth to the rumors that you named Robbie Robbie because it was the only name you could remember? I, I know you and Mary Jane are tight. I just uh, put end the speculation. Mary Jane, it's your wife's name. I thought no. Mary Jane, <laughs> that's is that slang for uh, <laughs> Robbie? Is that still slang for joint? More in over their head, Jerome Powell or the plant director at Chernobyl? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. We've, we've gone way off path. We're losing uh, uh, viewers by the by the dozen. Uh, so anyway, Robbie, what what besides the mice, have you found home ownership to be good so far a few weeks into it? Uh, it's been it's been a week. And I don't mean that in the, it's been a week. Oh, so, so hard. I mean, that it's, been, it's been one, it's been seven days. So uh, I've, I've enjoyed it so far. This is the first time in my life I've felt settled. I think I moved 11 or 12 times since college. And uh, this is the only one I was excited about. And uh, it's, it's nice to put roots down somewhere. And also I get the 45 days without a mortgage payment. So these are the best 45 days I'm going to have. The entire time isn't like a boat you know the best day is the day you buy it and the day you sell it house is similar yeah that that's a great selling point for the originators on the call here i think that uh you know you've moved you know 11 times and you now you're settled now you feel settled and and what a great feeling that is and that's something renters don't have you know another selling point so how was the uh, was the airport park? We need the airport parking lot update, Rob, in Chicago. How was it? Was it was it robust and full? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And so your absence, where you don't want to, you, you were just uh, we got. So that's why we're having been having Robbie on. Is is to one we like having Robbie on, and two we, you know to prepare for Rob being on. Um, so we'll have Robbie on the next three. We've got some good guests coming out. We've got Mark Zandy from Moody Analytics, really smart guy on housing. Next week, we've got the Jody Hall and Katie Klaus duo, which anybody that knows that duo knows they're not only highly intelligent, but highly amusing, a couple really sharp leaders in our industry. 
Rich so, told me I, I couldn't carry the show by myself, so we needed more and more guests. Is what I was told. But yeah, tell tell the public whatever you want. <laughs> I think I think Rich is just dad, trying to raise your dad, your dad insisted on it. You don't want me to say anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rich is Rich is trying to raise the average IQ on the show. Apparently, That's can't blame him. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Um, what else? What else? What else? There's some stuff in the chat. Conference attendance. I've heard our conference is up. It's going to be our biggest by far. But I, in general, I've heard conference attendance is down. Something in the Q&A about that. Something in the Q&A about the wholesale price wars. Robbie, anything in there that? Uh... So so the, the FAMP registrations, the Florida, 1,700 people were, were on the attendance list. For the Altasar employees, <laughs> not Barry Habib <laughs> spam accounts. You know, I can't. I, do I have to sit <laughs> here? And so defend, it's to build <laughs> do, do, do I have to be the only guy here defending uh, Habib? No. So <laughs> you're I don't, Barry Habib. You know the show's gone off the rails. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think that. I think that. Uh, 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 God, where was I? I? I kept, I keep flashing back to his uh, video. Uh, sorry. Uh, a conference attendance, I think Nashville, the national uh, in October is going to be good. Uh, TMC. Uh, I know Western Secondary a couple of weeks ago in Southern California was very, very good. So the, the, I haven't heard conference attendance being down, but it does make sense as companies you know, instead of sending four people, maybe they'll send two kind of thing. So, it, and it is, it, it, it is, it does cost money to go to a conference and companies are asking themselves, what is the return on investment? What is the ROI of sending 10 people to a given conference? Can we do it with five? So, so what else is being talked about in the chat box, Rich? The wholesale price wars, Robbie, cat markets guy and podcast guy. I mean, what do you what do you make of the, the the all the crazy Michigan wholesale mortgage lenders going going nuts up there? I had mentioned this last week, and I want to expand slightly on it. You know, with with uh, Wells Fargo potentially pulling back from the correspondent channel, they and them being such a big buyer, you know, they were able to drive prices lower in a way. And so there, there might be better margins out there for the companies that are able to survive, but it's going to be tough for the next several months to survive. Uh, and, and those companies that were prepared for this and had cash on hand for this rainy day and were able to figure out how they wanted to scale and have a plan in place beforehand, those are the ones that are going to be better off come, come the other side of this. Yeah. Very, very it's, well said. It's a, it, this will be, Rich, a, I think a case study uh, just like the pandemic is going to be a case study for hundreds, if not thousands of years about what happens to an economy, what happens to buyer psychology during a pan pandemic. But if you look at what some wholesalers are doing to, to pricing and publicly going to do to pricing and prepare to really bite the bullet, I mean, let's, let's take, a, let's take a, a real basic example that I like to use. You have a little town in you know, Missouri, and there's two filling stations uh, in this little town, and one decides, you know what, I've got some savings. I am going to price and make no money on every one of fuel that I sell for the next few months or next quarter and see what that does to my 
competitor across town, it won't take long for that other competitor to either have to bite the bullet or go out of business, uh, either break even or go out of business. And, you know, the, the wholesalers that remain are only too happy to watch companies like Lone Depot or Mountain West Financial go out of business. Yeah, so I, it's it's very much a doggy dog environment in the wholesale arena, and what happens is brokers benefit, right? Because they have a more competitive price to offer, and it does spill over into the retail environment because branches, retail branches in a distributive retail environment, they have to compete with those brokers up the street who are offering, you know, those prices that are cutthroat prices. So it does impact the entire industry, not necessarily in a positive way, but in a way. All right. Well said. Um, well, uh, as always, time flies by and uh, we are out of it for the week. I uh, want to thank our attendees for wrapping the week up with us. We're here live on Zoom every Friday from 3 to 3.45 p.m. Eastern. Uh, podcast where I know a lot of you listen and then also on YouTube after the fact. And uh, Rob, it'll be a few weeks. So enjoy the time away. Robbie and I will hold the fort down. If uh, if I have internet, I will try my best to join in, but not likely. Okay. All right. All right. Not likely. Robbie, any, uh, you're still moving this week. I'm good. You're just nothing but house stuff, right? I would guess uh, for the foreseeable future. I'm uh, off to Denver to go to go irrationally spend money on a car. No, oh, so much for that. All right, the exact opposite of what I predicted. All right. And Ro Robbie, how long have you been waiting for that vehicle? Uh, I I put a deposit down with Ford last November. I was told it'd be ready in February, and between chip shortage and uh, the ice road truckers of Canada just ruining everything with the blockade, you know, now here it is ready in August. Ford, uh, you get a truck or something different. Got a Pinto. <laughs> uh, I got a uh, Raptor with a 37 package. New house, new car. I'm jack up the debt. Leverage me up. Let's go. For, yeah. Forget my credit score. Yeah, honestly, it's like the the honestly the poster child for the person that Michael Burry is terrified of. Uh, that's going to bring America down with their irrational spending. Rob, it's your son raised well. <laughs> All right. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, until next Friday, we'll see you then. And uh, Rob, enjoy the time away. Robbie, I'll see you soon. Take care, guys. All right. See ya. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.